welcome to Arbitral Insights, a podcast series brought to you by our international arbitration practice lawyers here at Reed Smith. I'm Peter Rosher, Global Head of Reed Smith's International Arbitration Practice. I hope you enjoy the industry commentary, insights and anecdotes we share with you in the course of this series, wherever in the world you are. If you have any questions about any of the topics discussed, please do contact our speakers. And with that, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our Arbitral Insights podcast series. And I'm delighted to have as our guest today, Caroline Falconer, who is the Secretary General of the SCC Arbitration Institute based in Stockholm. Hello, Caroline. Hello. It's a real honor to have you with us, and I'm much looking forward to our conversation. Um, Let me introduce Caroline uh, at least Briefly, uh, she is someone who really, in many respects, doesn't need much of an introduction, but I'm going to give you one. She uh, is, as I mentioned, the Secretary General of the SCC Arbitration Institute, and prior to that was actually its Deputy Secretary General. And prior to joining the SCC, she worked as Senior Legal Counsel at the energy company Vattenfall for seven years, and prior to that uh, in private practice. She holds um, degrees from uh, Sweden and London, and on a theme that we'll return to in the course of this podcast, uh, she is also uh, a real champion for diversity. And in that respect, she is one of the founders of the wonderfully named SWAN, Swedish Women in Arbitration Network. And we're going to come to that and other aspects of diversity in the course of this discussion, Caroline. So it really is an absolute honor to have you. And I'm much looking forward to our conversation. And I know that our listeners will really enjoy this. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to this podcast. It's really an honor to be here. Well, the honor is definitely ours. Let me start, first of all, with um, asking you about your background to the law and to arbitration. So if you tell us a little bit about how the law found you and or how arbitration found you, that'll be great. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, well, you already went through my CV <laughs> quite well. Um, I, I have a LLM degree from Stockholm University. I'm, I am Swedish. Come, I'm from Stockholm and I chose to stay in Stockholm, um, strangely enough, for my, my law degree. By then, when I went to the Stockholm University to, to study law, I was already then very much into going to court uh, as a professional lawyer. I didn't have any good understanding of arbitration uh, back then, but I was completely uh, set on on working with disputes and commercial disputes uh, in, in the future. And why that is, I have no idea, but I decided, I think I was 13 or 14 when I decided that I was going to work in courts or, or with court cases as a lawyer, as, as an advocate in Sweden. And even if I'm not in, in courts anymore, I'm, I'm still working with disputes at, at least. So um, how, how law found me, I'm not sure. It just, it was always there and it was just uh, uh, the, the path I had to take uh, from, for some reason. And I, I thought for very many years that I was influenced by Ali McBeal. But then I looked into the airing, the airing years for that period, and that was actually later. So I decided before Ali McBeal became a 
a monster hit. <laughs> so the, the short answer to your question is, I don't know. I don't know why I'm here, but uh, it felt completely right. And it still feels very right uh, to, to be here. And especially, I would say, in this position or where FBS is the arbitration is to today. Excellent. No, thank you very much. And uh, I'm sure that uh, so many people will have been influenced by TV programs about the law. I think so too. And it was probably some other series that I can't uh, remember at the moment, but yeah. it was something in, in the Swedish culture at the time yeah, uh, yeah, when no, I was I around 13 <laughs> that made yeah, me decide. No, we, we definitely had it. I remember growing up and seeing all sorts of legal dramas. I'm not quite sure what impact they had on me, whether they were positive or negative. But anyway, I'm here too. So anyway, here we are. <laughs> yeah. um, so, and in the course of your uh, a very distinguished career to date. Um, I'm sure there have been some key mentors and inspirations in your career. I wonder if you could share a bit of information about them, please. Yes, of course. I, uh, When you sent me this question, I, I really had, a, had to sit down and think because there have been so many great mentors over the years and uh, there, well, so many people standing on the sidelines and just cheering me on, and I've really needed that to be who I am today, really. And I think I always try to have an open mind also and, and try to listen to advice. So I, I, I love getting advice and, and trying to incorporate it and, and become a bit better by the day or by the week, at least. I, I did have a, I have a think about that, and especially from the an arbitrations point of view from from where I am today in this industry, I had my forming years or my my first real years as as a working lawyer was at a law firm where we did quite a lot of international arbitration or arbitration and international arbitration. And I worked closely with one of the partners there, and he had this phenomenal um, attention to detail and took me under his wings in, in some way. And, and always everything he delivered was of the highest quality. So the attention to detail and to never, uh, never deliver anything good enough, <laughs> I, I got from him. And I think the, the working life was a bit slower then than it is today. I also, uh, well, I, I there were long hours, uh, but also it wasn't as quick as everything is today. So you always had the the possibility to give everything, each single email and each single submission, the the love it deserved according to him. Then it could be really time consuming and frustrating at times, of course, but uh, it was immensely educational and and it helped me a lot to to. Uh, to get to where I am today, I, I think he was also very good at at, uh, at pushing me and, and getting me to to try my wings when I was a young lawyer and, and really to to get out there uh, in in the arbitral arbitration world. And these were the were the years where I when I um, co-founded Swan, the Swedish Women in Arbitration Network, and and to have people on your side in that was very important uh, for for us. In later years, well, I, I was in-house legal counsel for, for seven years at, at an energy company, and I, I got to work very closely with, um, with the general counsel from time to time. And that was very inspirational to, to get, get to work on those interesting issues uh, high up in the hierarchy of such a large company. Um, 
she was amazing because she she has and had and has um, a very strong inner compass in, in relation to what's right and wrong. And uh, she always also went to action when she saw th- something was wrong or, or not according to the high standards we had. And, and the way she did it, that was really inspirational and something I, I took with me. I'm only mentioning two people now, but there have been so very many uh, along the way and all have been so important to, to cheer me on because I, I, life becomes so much nicer if you, are, if you have your, your fans along the way, really. Oh, absolutely! No, no, I I agree, and uh, I and I'm not surprised that uh, you've only had an opportunity to name two people because there will undoubtedly be so many other people as we've all had along the way, and who continue to inspire us, right? Yes. So I'm 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 sure that'll be exactly the same for you, in the same way that you're now inspiring another generation of uh, lawyers, both in Sweden and outside Sweden. I um, hope so. I hope so. No, uh, well, no, I know. It's there's no doubt about that, and uh, you know that brings us very nicely to your role at the SCC. And I'd be very interested if you could share with us. I'm going to ask you a few things about uh, your role at the SCC Arbitration Institute and uh, its objectives to grow and um, any trends that you see, and sort of you know just because a number of our listeners will of course heard of the SCC and in its previous name, the Stockholm Chambers of Commerce, but may not be familiar with its work and its objectives. So let's explore this a bit. So first of all, I wonder whether Caroline, you might tell us all a little bit about your role as the Secretary General and the objectives of the SCC uh, to grow and expand its reach. Yes, thank you. So I am the Secretary General of the SSC since, uh, well, since this year, uh, earlier this year. So it's almost been a full year now in this new position. And before that, I was the Deputy Secretary General and, and, and Head of Operations for half a year before that. So my position is very much to lead the SSC team to set the strategies for the, for the institution, and in my days, I share my time between working well with the strategic issues and new innovations and where are we going with the SSC. But also, I'm, I, since we are, uh, we are only 13 people in, in the Secretariat, I am also working uh, to some degree with uh, daily operations to, together with the team and the head of operations uh, and together with the, the SSC board. And I, I spend a fair amount of my time externally doing podcasts, doing speaking assignments, uh, conferences. But what I, I love the most, I, I must admit, is actually when I get out to my, my previous colleagues or, or the, the in-house legal uh, society, when I get to meet in-house legal counsels or general counsels at, at companies and to discuss their needs, uh, their their uh, opinions of the dispute resolution business as it is today, and and really to to get those opinions and those thoughts and uh, back with me to to the drawing table at the SSC. So I try to spend more and more time with the uh, with the representatives for for our users, really uh, the companies behind the the disputes and potential disputes in, in detail. And it must be a very busy, hectic role because um, arbitration, as we all know, is such a 
prolific form of dispute resolution. It's the most important form of dispute resolution for, for international business, which really takes us to the next thing I wanted to ask you about, about your work and the SCC, which is a bit about the geographic focus of the SCC and some of the trends that you're seeing in the SCC's work and opportunities for further growth with the SCC's arbitration services. And I ask this from this background. When I was a much younger lawyer, and you can you, you know I've got a lot of grey hair now, but when I was a much younger lawyer, I remember the SCC, as it's now known, was particularly renowned for dealing with disputes involving Russia, Central Asian parties, say from Kazakhstan and that sort of thing, and of course also in the Nordic region. But I wonder whether you could share your thoughts on uh, where things stand now and where the trends are. Of course, um, I'd, I'd love to. Um, and and you, you're completely correct uh, in, in your question that we are looking at, at growing our business and uh, expanding our reach, as, as, you, uh, as you asked. And we had, well, we have a very interesting history, and I'm not going to go through the hundred and and six years, isn't it, uh, since 1917 in this podcast. But we we have we, we started our international journey with in a trade agreement between the uh, the uh, Soviet and and, uh, and the US, uh, and then also a trade agreement including China. Uh, so we did get very many disputes from those regions, Eastern Europe, Russia. Uh, and China uh, during the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Uh, we do still see a number of disputes from those areas, so Eastern Europe and Asia. And, and we are still a household name, if you can say that, uh, in, in international arbitration for those those companies. And we are very happy to, to be there and have that position in those countries. But uh, we are so much more than only Eastern Europe uh, and, and the Nordics. Of course, I, I actually had a, a look at the numbers a little bit before this uh, podcast. And during the last 10 years, we've had parties from 87 different countries. And each year we have parties from approximately 40 to 45 countries. So each year we, we see more or less all four corners of the world uh, are coming to us. And even if the majority of the parties are still from Europe, Asia and North America, I would say, we we still see we also see South America, Africa, and, and uh, Australia and New Zealand. I would say uh, quite a bit in our cases, and so we 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 have a quite wide uh, reach when it comes to to the world, the the geographical reach. What we are looking at today is much more saying the most modern uh, arbitration institute. We we have been leading the way for a number of years. I dare say that in this podcast, <laughs> that we have been very modern and and we were the first ones out. One of the first ones out with expedited rules. We were the first ones out with emergency arbitrator in 2010. And we were the first ones out with the SSC Express two years ago uh, and also the SSC platform and the ad hoc platform. So we're trying to, to lead the way for other arbitral, arbitral institutions as well. Uh, we are very happy to see that other institutions are copying us and seeing that what we do 
does work and uh, this game is a, is a game for for the business societies of course in the world that we try to innovate uh, the the offer uh, arbitral institutions have to to parties and what what do we see uh, for the future i we we foresee that we stay this most modern arbitration institute and and that we 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 uh, focus we are continuing to focus on quicker dispute resolution methods um, so two years ago we started um, we launched the SSE express uh, we have rules for that uh, in english and in swedish uh, we have uh, model clauses for that uh, we are really trying to get uh, companies to understand the greatness of, of uh, the SS Express, which is a way to resolve disputes in three weeks and for uh, for a fixed fee. Uh, so it will it will only cost you twenty nine thousand euros, uh, irrespective of of the uh, disputed value. And and this is something I I, uh, I love as as a former uh, in house legal counsel. I I really see the future in quicker ways to resolve disputes. Uh, you were also asking about trends, and the trend I see is that disputes are taking longer and longer, and they are um, the submissions are getting larger and larger. Uh, what was said in 50 pages 15 years ago is now said in 100 pages, and uh, of course I, we, we are not restricting um, the submissions. That is, if if there is a need for that, that is a decision by the arbitral tribunal. But we can see uh, how, how cases are are growing on our platform and and in our uh, administration. So this is something I, I this is very important for for me personally with my background, but also for the SSC and from a Swedish background as well. That we are trying to find easier ways to resolving disputes quicker, easier, and 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 also possibility for the parties to stay friends after you, you don't need to to end up in a full-blown blown war and and ruin the relationship for the future but really to find find tools that uh, will help you build a strong relationship for the future as well between the parties when that is possible well you know that's that was a wonderful um answer thank you you know you've really illustrated there why the consumers of arbitration are looking to use the scc so why they use the scc and uh, i particularly enjoyed your comments there about innovation about leading the way uh, and you're very right that the scc was at the forefront of so many of those things that you mentioned uh, and that uh, in many ways as well uh, a lot of institutions followed what the SCC did, and so that's a re- that's a real accolade, I must say, as someone who's observed the growth of the SCC over the years. I really applaud that, and uh, and you know that takes us to a very interesting. I think that leads us quite nicely when we're talking about innovation and about new things. One of the things that we're all aware of now is artificial intelligence, and. We can't avoid it. It's just there. It has an impact. It will have an impact on arbitration. We don't know yet exactly what it'll be, but it will be there for sure. And it's something that um, stakeholders in the process, like you, me, other institutions, other you know, and our clients, are all thinking about. So I wonder if you could just share some thoughts with us from the institutional perspective. 
as to what you think the impact of artificial intelligence in international arbitration might be? Uh, it's a very good, very interesting question, of course, and, and uh, it's the question of the day, isn't it, uh, or the year? Uh, everyone's talking about this, and I'm, I don't have any answer. Let's, let's start uh, there. I, I, I have my, my hopes. Um, I, I really hope that this trend or this, uh, this um, progress will lead to shorter disputes, to, to quicker resolutions and to less expensive uh, procedures. So I, I do have my hopes on that, that we can, we can find a way to resolve disputes in an even quicker and, and, and even more cost-efficient manner in the future. Um, I, we, we, have, um, we have come across uh, AI being uh, of use to arbitral tribunals a couple of times this year. Uh, and sometimes it's been really a, a great help for the tribunal, uh, cutting costs or, or, or shortening the time a little bit. Maybe you can get a first, uh, first draft or something uh, from, from an AI bot with the correct uh, confidentiality framework, of course. But we've also seen where it did not work, where, where we, for example, we heard of this um, hearing where uh, an AI bot uh, got to, to transcribe everything from, from the hearing and got actually a yes to a no or, or a no to yes, whatever it was, which was a, a, a big deal. That would have been a big deal, for sure. <laughs> yes, it was a big deal. It was an important question as well. So uh, a yes to a no can't be a no when you transcribe the, the hearing. So it, it's really from a personal point of view i i i'm looking with uh, eager uh, to to the pro progress we are seeing and we are looking into ways how we can use uh, ai tools of course as well for, as an institution me personally i'm i'm uh, i'm proud to say this actually that i i try to use chat gpt now and again at least a couple of times a week for example, never with anything case related. I want to say that never any confidential confidential information. But for example, when you need to write a, a short or you want to write a short uh, LinkedIn post, uh, I can send. I, I can write my post and I can send it through ChatGPT and and I get it a bit better. I, I get I get it a bit shorter, more crisp. Uh, I get the points out in a quicker way instead of me spending additionally 10, 10 minutes on it. I got that in one minute. So I, I think there are so many ways you can save time, um, really, uh, in in arbitration uh, in the arbitration industry with the help of AI. And we're just in the beginning of it. And I don't think we should be afraid of it. Uh, but the responsibility for what you delivered will always stay with you. It, it will never transfer, for, transfer to, to the AI bot, of course. So as long as you, you stand for what you uh, produce and you deliver, uh, I'm quite fine with the, with the usage of it. Uh, and, of course, you, you need to make sure that which information you put in and and uh, the output but i'm i'm very much looking forward to it and we are also we 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 had a look of course at at the silicon valley arbitration center guidelines the the draft they 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 uh, launched um, last year uh, the 2023 20, 
and uh, we're looking into it, of course, as all major arbitral institutions are at the moment. Yeah, I think it's a case of, uh, for all of us, watch this space, Caroline, because this is obviously something that will continue to develop and develop and develop. So, uh, you know, so I just, I wanted to ask you one more thing about the world of international arbitration, and then I'm going to end the podcast with, as we always do, with some more lighthearted conversation. But I just wanted to ask you, because you are a great ambassador for arbitration, you're a great ambassador for women. You're a great ambassador for diversity. And I love all of those things. And lots of our listeners rightly love those things too. But you and I both know these things are still very much a work in progress. There's still much to do to ensure real equality on all fronts. Uh, I wonder whether you could share some of your thoughts and some of the initiatives the SCC is undertaking to ensure bigger and better diversity in international arbitration appointments and the services that you provide. Yes, uh, of course, this is uh, very much a an issue that I feel strongly about. I well, 15 years ago, I co-founded Swan Swedish Women in Arbitration Network, and and I'm still I'm still a member of the association. I'm not part of the board anymore anymore. Well, I, uh, I, I got I'm kicked really out. Happy to know you are still a member. You. You must be a member. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. <laughs> no, but but I, I I feel strongly about this issue, of course, uh, as do so many others as well now. And when we, are, but I can also say that I've, I've, when we started 15 years ago, there were very few women in Sweden working in international arbitration. I, I remember that we, we were three co-founders, um, Osa, Christina and myself, and we sat down one day, um, we were at different law firms and we sat down one day and we, we made a list of all women we knew of in Stockholm doing arbitration. And I think we came up with 20 names, uh, not more. And today I'm, I'm sure we have 200 names uh, that I could uh, write down on, on that list. Um, so there has been a great progress in these 15 years. But and and I think that Stockholm and Sweden is quite have come come quite far in these issues. But we are not all the way. We have not come all the way yet. I'm proud that the SSC uh, we are good when it comes to to appointment of arbitrators and and. Uh, we have not received the the uh, yearly statistics for uh, appointments yet, but I have the the numbers from from first of November, and first uh, of November the the SSC board appointed arbitrators were actually female in fifty three percent of the appointments and male in forty seven percent of the appointments. So we are trying to stay around 50-50 and we're not looking at this every week or every month either. We are, we are looking at this four times a year just to make sure we are in the right, uh, in the right region. And, and this is really an ongoing work. We always make sure that when we put, put forward the list to the board, we have both female and male names. Uh, and um, what we saw the, uh, a couple of years ago was that, uh, as everyone knows, uh, the larger uh, cases are generally going to men, and the the, the smaller cases are are going to more female, uh, more to the female arbitrators. And this is also something we are actively thinking about. That when we have these the the largest cases we have, uh, we, we make sure we have 
female arbitrators on those lists as well. And of course, when we find people for or we we um, give places to education, so so arbitrator training, so or the international arbitrator training program in in June in Stockholm, uh, we make sure we have both female and male names on those lists uh, to to make sure that the new blood uh, coming in is is uh, as mixed as possible. Um, and then we must lead by example. We must sh- make sure that the SSC board uh, is in balance, um, that the SSC Arbitrators Council are both, uh, we find both female and male names there, as well as from different regions of the world of interest to the SSC business, of course. Uh, and also our conferences, we, when we are, uh, we are inviting uh, speakers to our conferences, we make sure we find people from different countries from of, of interest, uh, both male and female, and some different ages as well, some being more junior. Sometime you need to get your first appointment, and that is very much coming from, from the institution side. And that is also uh, true for, for speaking assignments. And if I may, something we, we course, still see yes. as a problem. <laughs> if I'm not going to say that everything's super super good at the SSC because it's not, uh, because something we still see uh, is a bit problematic at the SSC is when we appoint emergency arbitrators. Emergency arbitration under the SSC rules is a very quick procedure. You have five days to to appoint uh, or or. We have uh, one day, we have 24 hours to appoint an, uh, an emergency arbitrator, and then the emergency arbitrator has five days to render the decision. So it's a quite quick uh, procedure, and you really need to, to be on your toes <laughs> uh, as an arbitrator for this. And when we appoint these arbitrators, we, we uh, have a list of approximately 10 suitable arbitrators, and we send out the question to all of them at the same time. And almost every single time, it's the male arbitrators that are the quickest to answer and getting the, uh, the uh, assignments. And we are, we are always making sure that we have uh, an equal number of, of men and, and women on the list. But it's almost always men taking the assignments and as uh, emergency arbitrators so i always try to tell when when i speak to women who could be on those lists i always try to say well be as quick as you can and do your conflict checks as as possible as quickly as possible and make sure you send in your your answer as quickly as possible because it's really first come first serve because uh, we have all all getting the the uh, the question are suitable for the uh, for the assignment no, well, again, very enlightening. Thank you. And thank you for everything you're doing uh, to really push these very important issues and objectives. You know, I think a lot, is, you know, a lot of great things are happening. So thank you very much for that and everything you're doing. I just want to then just wrap up the uh, this superb conversation with you. And because many people who know me will know that I could carry on talking for far too long. So I'm going to limit myself uh, here. Uh, we, we talked about limiting the size of submissions. Well, I'm limiting the size of my podcast now by, uh, by <laughs> wrapping it with you. Um, let me ask you this one question, because uh, arbitration is very international. It involves lots of international travel which is a great blessing for us who are involved in that field because it really is a wonderful thing. Um, are there, is there a particular place that you have, that you love going to 
I mean, apart from Stockholm, of course. And is there one place that you have yet to go to that you would love to get to? <laughs> that is a very good question. And uh, if I, I would like to say, actually, first of all, that for everyone who's listening and thinking about going to Stockholm, I really suggest going to the Swedish or, or the Stockholm archipelago. Uh, and and since we have we, we are a hub, the Stockholm is a hub for international arbitrations. We know that a lot of international arbitration practitioners are coming to Stockholm. So please don't miss out on the Swedish or, or the Stockholm archipelago or the other archipelagos in Sweden. They are just the best. But make sure you go there during spring or summer. Otherwise, it's quite well, it's not the... Uh, uh, the archipelago uh, you you would it's like to cold and dark to, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes it's a bit cold and dark that's a that's a good <laughs> explanation for how it is a favorite place where I would like to go well I I thought of, of I love going away with work, uh, and it's great to being able to to get to see the world with your work in this way as we are in this world. The best trips are though with my family, and we are soon going to to just chill at at the pool in at Gran Canaria in Puerto de Morgan. We're very much looking forward to that. And this is actually the first time ever I'm going back to a hotel. I always try to find new hotels or new places to go. I want to see the world. But this is the first time ever we're going back to the same hotel where we went last year. So this was a good, uh, a good, such a good trip. So we're going, going again, really. So that is also a suggestion. If you, if you don't know where to go, Puerto de Morgan in Gran Canaria, that's really nice. And um, where to go? Where to go when? Uh, where I haven't been yet. Uh, on my bucket list is Galapagos Islands. Mm, um, absolutely. Un- unlikely to go there with work, <laughs> but uh, some someday in the future maybe. Not not well, with work though. Well, uh, who knows? Next month there might be an arbitration that comes out of the Galapagos Islands. Who so knows? Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, we must all live in hope. Well, look, thank you, Caroline. It's been an absolute delight to ha- do this podcast with you. Thank you for being such a wonderful guest and for all the wonderful work you're doing. With the SCC and more broadly uh, and I look forward to seeing you in person soon either in Stockholm or or somewhere else so thank you thank you thank you for having me Arbitral Insights is a Reed Smith production our producer is Ali McArdle for more information about Reed Smith's global international arbitration practice email arbitralinsights at reedsmith.com to learn about the ReadSmith Arbitration Pricing Calculator, a first-of-its-kind mobile app that forecasts the cost of arbitration around the world, search Arbitration Pricing Calculator on ReadSmith.com or download for free through the Apple and Google Play app stores. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, ReadSmith.com, and our social media accounts at LLP on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. This podcast is provided for educational purposes. It does not constitute legal advice and is not intended to establish an attorney-client relationship, nor is it intended to suggest or establish standards of care applicable to particular lawyers in any given situation. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. Any views, opinions, or comments made by any external guest speaker are not to be attributed to Reed Smith LLP or its individual lawyers. All rights reserved.